Can I rant for a second? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some random hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized that people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. That's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC terms apply. Did you know that 46% of us don't take all our vacation days? Even though it's been proven that taking time off to play makes us more productive. In California, no matter where you go, you'll find play. Explore a redwood forest, immerse yourself in art galleries, or just park yourself in a beach chair and chill. Play is everywhere in California, so take some well-deserved playtime off and discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Hey, it's Donald, and Kind Snacks has six new flavors for you to crave. Flavors like rosemary, strawberry, jalapeno, and raspberry. Each of the six flavors is made with number one ingredient seeds or nuts and has fruity or savory flavors depending on what you're craving. They're gluten-free with five to six grams of protein in every bar. Nutritious snacking doesn't have to be all blah and boring. The bar for people who love real food. Try all the flavors. Shop on Amazon today. Hey guys, I've been telling you about how we are big fans of Tacova's boots. Heritage, tradition, quality, comfort, style, and service are some of the best features of Tacova's. But now they also have a gift for our listeners. Tacova's will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps free with a minimum purchase of $100 at tacovas.com. Just use code REALFRIENDS at checkout. That's R-E-A-L-F-R-I-E-N-D-S. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. And point your toes west. What are you drinking today? That, that liquor cabinet's getting empty. What do we got today? Listen, Manage I hear the, I, and lemonade. I hear the liquor store is not the place to go. I went. When'd you go? I gloved up. I masked up. I hazmatted up. And I went in and filled a friggin' basket. Yeah, you know what's crazy? They're talking about opening it back up. Well, not California. Uh, Texas is talking about opening back up next week. Yeah, well, that's not going to work out for anybody. That's just the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. That's not going to work out for anyone. Good thing we have Governor Newsom, who I think is doing a fantastic job. And Garcetti, man. Thank goodness for Garcetti, too, man. Both doing well. Let's give them both a shout-out. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's sing. Here's some stories about a show we made About a bunch of dogs and nurses and a Donald Faison, um, it's a very, very exciting day today on this podcast. Do you know why? We're getting epic today. We're going, su- we're going uber epic today. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. The creator of the show, that's fancy. America's favorite Canadian, Sarah Chalk, that's fancy. <laughs> but nothing is as fancy as uh, someone who we love as much as this man, who I, I can say I learned a lot as an actor from and uh, is just a really fucking talented and hilarious human being. Stand by, Dan, with the uh, thunderous applause cue, Johnny C. McGinley. Yeah! Yeah, boy. The legend. The legend that is John C. McGinley. Hello, Donald. Hello, Zachy. How are you? 
I'm firm. Yeah, you are. <laughs> always. Always. <laughs> always. Always, Johnny. How's your um? How's the the you know you you were saying just before we uh we we started recording that um uh, you know that you have been homeschooling your kids so this isn't as odd of a of a switch for you. Tell 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 everybody a little bit about that. We've been homeschooling forever. Um, Billy is twelve. Kate's almost ten, and we've been homeschooling for uh, since all the way through elementary school here. One thing they miss is their friends, obviously. And we've been taking this thing super seriously. Uh, and we're totally locked down because uh, we got Nicole, my wife's father here, who has some uh, pre-existing challenges and pre-existing conditions. And so we've been taking this thing uh, by the letter. And so, look, we're lucky enough to live in this place. I mean, there's I built a baseball field during the writer's strike on Scrubs. And so... Um, there's a baseball field right behind me. And so we use that almost as a playground. And, uh, you know, there's stuff. This is a kid compound, so they can run around here. But they don't get to see their friends. They don't go to do dance and aerial and pottery and all the stuff you do when you're not homeschooling or go down to the beach. Johnny, uh, do you have things- friends? Do you have friends like I was just thinking about Donald, who who are homeschooling for the first time, who are calling you and be like, "Got any advice or anything?" Because I'm watching Donald do it, and he's like hiding this, out in his closet. <laughs> I've run people from my kids. This is how bad I am. People don't this call is- the this department for that. They call they call upstairs to the Nicole department. Oh, Nicole, oh my you're, God. your wife. Well, then she and I need to get on the phone because I am failing miserably. My wife is a my wife is a champion. She runs the household, but I feel like I'm starting to slack so much. That she's like, when this is over, I'm leaving you. <laughs> I, I think if you could compartmentalize and play to your strengths, Donald, you'd be better off. I don't have many strengths, Johnny. Yeah, you do. You've got sports. Johnny said he's doing yeah. PE. You could be in charge of PE. I'm, Dude, I'm I, PE. I have a competitive spirit in me that won't allow my kids to beat me. I have problems, guys. I have problems. Well, then my here's, son here's... Is, My son screams at me because I never let him win. He Here's finally started beating me at this. We have this thing called Papa Shot. And it's like, a, you know how you go to the carnival? Of course. And you get to shoot as many jump shots as you can. And you verse somebody. Uh, we have that. He destroys me in that. So much so that I don't want to play the game anymore, man. Well, I'm so I'm stoked for you guys doing this, this, uh, this podcast. I've listened to, this is either the fourth or fifth one. I've listened to everything. And I, it's, it, I've listened to it while I'm working out because it's about an hour and a half or so. And I put it on, and I go in the garage, and it just makes me happy. Does it? Does it get when the theme song comes on? Does that get you pumped? I liked it. Well, I, you guys are so goddamn talented, Johnny. Yes. Johnny, we wrote that. It's our first. It's our first time as 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 lyricists, Donald. I don't know if you've been a lyricist before, but I've, it's my I've, first time I've, as a lyricist. I've put, in, I've put a lyric or two to songs in song form. I've I've done it. Yes. Well, I it's have. my first time, and I. Uh, you're very good at it. That's not your first time. Dude, we used to have kind of, Listen, guys, you don't remember the songs that we had? Baby, keep it real. Baby, let's chill. I'm tired of you all up in my crew. <laughs> see, 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 Donald's so goddamn talented. He could sing all these songs and remember his lines. I could only do one thing. Remember my lines. Well, well th- I want to talk about that for a second, Johnny, because yeah, Donald did. Donald, did you, as far as I see it in the, in the world of Scrubs, there were two extremes. There was you knowing every fucking piece of syllable and punctuation mark, and Donald being like, "Am I in the scene?" <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but, yeah, but Donald's so goddamn talented that even if it took him three or four takes, the fourth take was it was heaven. I mean, John, in, in, this, so in this episode, in this episode, uh, uh, we'll talk about it in a second, but there's a, a scene where he dances to Michael Jackson, a uh, Michael Jackson knockoff. And Billy had to be just, it's like a fair catch in football. He's just like, that was manna from heaven that an actor would bust that out. That's not on the page. No, that's that wasn't on the page. page. It, it I, wasn't, think that, I think that's also the beginning of, of Turk dancing in damn near every it's episode. It's unbelievable. It's yeah. a gift. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Johnny, what was, talk a little bit about how you did those. Because sometimes, uh, just for people that are listening, Johnny would sometimes get those speeches the night before because the Not writers even, were always. Sometimes the day before, hours before. Absolutely. Those speeches. Yeah, and I just, I, I, for those of you who don't memorize for a living, it can be very hard. But doing what Johnny had to do on the spot is sometimes close to impossible. So I, I remember you having a bit of a system. Will you, will you talk about that for people? Well, I keep these composition books. Uh, you know the composition books you have in high school, those black and white things? Yeah. Well, the first thing I do is I write out the text in my own hand, and then in the margins, I put the verbs of what I'm doing. And so that, just by virtue of writing it out, starts to get it in your skull. And then by assigning verbs to every action that you're doing, uh, that's the second stage. And then if I had time, I keep a rehearsal space here. I would go down and uh, there's a whole kind of little film uh, studio downstairs and I would get in front of that. But a lot of times that was out the window because Billy would hand it to you on your way into the hospital. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not being method hospital. It, we did, in fact, work in a, in a defunct hospital. <laughs> in a gross um, defunct sometimes hospital. I'll, I'll say that to different people and like, ooh, you're so method. I'm like, no, I'm not fucking method. It was a hospital. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> And so I, I got, when I got to the hospital and they would hand me new lines, every year Disney would give us, I'll make it up, you guys remember, but $1,500 to improve our dressing rooms since our dressing rooms were hospital rooms where people had died and where people had been saved. And what I did with my $1,500 is I doubled down and I hired an acoustic firm and they came in and soundproofed my dressing room so I wouldn't have to hear you idiots in the hallway. And <laughs> all the dogs, for some yeah. reason, yeah. because one or two of you brought your dogs, the whole crew decided, well, if Zach and Donald can do it, right. uh, the guy in sound and the guy the production design, he can do it. So all of a sudden, there was a pack of about a 17 dog dogs. And as karma would have it, uh, and I like dogs. I hate most people's dogs. I just, I like dogs, but... Um, I don't like them at work, and so no, I remember. They, I remember that. I remember all I would, all you would hear I was "Get that. out!" <laughs> I'm trying to remember two space, two pages, single space. Do you remember? Um, do you remember in the Christmas story how they, how he's always fighting the dogs next door? That was like Johnny C on our on our floor. Because Johnny C was like, oh, someone shut the dogs up. The dogs all wanted to be with Johnny C in a round. <laughs> Absolutely. <of sport. laughs> and so much so that I don't know what you guys would remember. I, I don't know what season, but I wrote a letter to our bosses at Disney to the HR department, human resources. And then I did what you're supposed to do with an angry letter. I, according to my grandfather, I put it in the drawer for two nights. You're supposed to take angry letters. You don't press. This was not when you press send. Right. I wrote it and I put it in the drawer for two nights. And in the intervening time, someone got nipped by a dog on our roar. And Disney found out about it, not because of me. And they were like, what? There are 17 dogs pissing and shitting on the third floor. And I took that letter and I put it right over in the shredder. Uh, because I, was, I thought you were going to. 
I thought you were going to give us a big reveal that you had written the HR letter, but you're saying you never sent it. I did not. I kept it in the drawer, and then I was let off the hook because if you're the guy who who made it so that people couldn't bring their goddamn dogs to work, then you're that guy. And I was look. The fact of the matter is. The, you asked, how, how do you memorize those things? Good, fear. Fear is a really good thing. Hmm. And I, I was just afraid to disappoint Billy, and I wanted him to write those things for me. And so uh, I, so I figured out a way to get him into my skull. You were so good at it, John. And, and those rants, I was looking on YouTube just as we were like, gearing up for this uh, episode, and just like people have like top five Dr. Cox rants. Like it's like a thing. People love to just listen back to those and, and, uh, and just some of them are just so epic and hilarious. Where they get hard is when Billy started, and I don't know whether it was season four or five, six, um, that's a good problem. Uh, when he just started writing lists that had nothing to do with the item that came before it. Mm-hmm. And he'd just write two pages of lists, uh, reasons why I, I don't care about you becoming uh, a doctor or something like that. And they're just this random lists. <laughs> Those were hard. Memorizing yeah. a story is a piece of cake. Right. But these lists, two pages, single space of lists. <laughs> On the other side, we were talking about how Donald would show up and be like, oh, shit, I got a monologue today. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you know, you I, that, that was a time in my life. That was a time in my life. I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't know what was the matter with me. I, I. Smoked. I smoked a lot of marijuana back then too. Not that I don't now, but I smoked a tremendous amount back then. I don't think this was the beginning of the run that I did this. I think as I got comfortable, things changed, and as the show got successful, things changed, and I slacked. And I remember somebody asking me, like, "Dude, what do you do when you go home?" And I was like, "I live my life." And they were like, <laughs> and they were like, "But what about your job?" I was like, "It's getting done." Like, oh I was God. so stupid. I think you just got comfortable that you knew that you'd get it, and you knew that it would be cut together and it'd be funny, so you yeah. were just like, fuck it. Well, I don't know if I was, yeah, you know, I don't know what it was. I Since then, I have, you know, I've tried to make sure that if I ever ran into anyone else, if I ran into people on other jobs that worked with me on Scrubs and remembered how I was on Scrubs, I wanted them to have a completely different opinion of me after we finished working and so it's if anything uh all of the you know all of the you know me being unprepared and stuff like that prepared me for later on because now forget about it i you know i'm like you johnny if i mess up a line i'm putting a hole through a wall or something like that you know what i mean well, I want like to get a, it done in three or four takes. I, I want us to get out of here. I yeah, want to get I'm, it in three or four takes. If I'm not done, if I can't do it in three takes, then forget about it, man. Like, I, then I've wasted, I feel like I've wasted everybody's time. Well, I, that, I feel that more, especially now when it's not your own show. When I'm going to do a supporting part on something and I fuck up a line, I just, I get so mad at myself. Yeah. You know, we, I, it's funny, you know, after doing the show for nine years, we were so comfortable and, and that that comfortableness led to a lot of amazing stuff because there was no wrong answer and we were so silly with each other and we could riff. But now I find when I go do roles uh, where I'm not the lead or I'm supporting or I'm or I'm in any whatever I'm doing, I'm I'm really get mad at myself if I fuck up a line. Like I really I really put more effort into it than I ever have. I was about to say because Zach, I remember a night where you put the sides. People out there who don't know what sides are, they're the piece of paper where the line where they write the. 
where they they miniaturize the script into it's these just the tiny, tiny pages. It, each day we get a tiny version of the script it's probably i don't know uh what is it like 8 inches by 4 inches something like that i remember one night where you taped those sides to my forehead on off camera yeah but i would like everyone to google um marlon brando in the godfather and and, and you'll see uh and you can um just put in like marlon brando godfather line memorization and you'll see a picture with James Kahn with a huge poster board taped to his chest. Now that I'm true. not saying, yeah, is this real? Yeah, I'll send you guys the picture. I'm not saying I'm I'm uh, I'm Marlon Brando, but I am saying you're James Kahn. And I, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, listen. There's times where you go, I'm fucked. I do not know this. Donald, would you mind taping this to your forehead? No, you didn't say Donald. Would you <laughs> mind? You were like, come here. No, and what I was we like, used to "Mother do... fuck!" I remember taking them, be like, "You mother, I will." Kill no, what we you. used to do is like, whenever there was a place to hide them off camera, we'd tape them to the desk, we'd tape them to whatever. Sometimes we'd tape them to the front of the camera. But I remember that one time I couldn't get it down, and it was like the time was running out, and I was like, "Donald, I'm so sorry, but I need my character needs to be looking at your face." And I just... <laughs> John, you never did that. Donald, we, Donald and I would hide our sides all over the place. I don't have any memory no, you, of ever doing Johnny, that. Johnny used to have like little notes here and there in your hand. No, but not. He then. wouldn't hide them and reference them during the scene like you oh, and I. No, would. no, no. No, I just if if I was struggling with Latin, which all medical terms are Latin based, if I was struggling with something in Latin that I hadn't been on the phone with real JD for an hour the night before, um, I would I would phonetically put it on those clipboards that we carried, and right. at the last second I'd take a look. Now, I remember the hardest one ever was uh, broken heart syndrome was tocosubo cardiomyopathy. And that's about this long. And I still <laughs> freaking remember it. Wow. Tokusubo cardiomyopathy. <laughs> now, l- legend has it that some of the best uh, home tests for movies or television shows have happened at your house. Is it true that you once dug a hole in your backyard for a part? No. That's not no, true. I, no. Okay. What are you talking about? Why would he dig a hole in his backyard? I thought he self was self taping and was digging a hole oh, for the self tape. Oh, he's saying that you you like got all into your self tapes and would dig holes. What what would that be for platoon? Like he's going to audition? Yeah, like, like something like no, that. No, no, no. I met with Oliver five times for platoon. No, okay. no. But absolutely you did. Not. But you did used to self tape at home a lot though. At some point, right? Well, when that came into vogue, sure. Right. Now you can do it on this thing, but. For a little while, you know, there's a camera on a tripod down, there was down in the rehearsal space. And yeah, for a little while, that that's what auditions came to be. Yeah. Donnie, that's a good Which segue I- into uh, into your auditioning for this. We, you, Donald and I, and, and we asked Sarah to talk a little bit about our experiences auditioning. <laughs> Sarah's thing was a riot. <laughs> Hilarious, right? I was um, listening, I listened to all of it yesterday. It was genius. So tell us about yours because we you know, and you heard Bill's telling of yours, but I, I, I think I think our, our fans are interested in, in how it all came to be. Uh, do you remember like your very first time reading and all that? Yeah, because you had was, already been in so many other things before this. Like, I know you were coming to it from a very different space because you'd been in such amazing movies, and and uh, and I just wondered, you know, Donald had had done some work, um, I had done virtually nothing. So how is it different for you? I was coming from because I heard Zachy, I heard yours with uh, that you were a waiter at the what the La Colonial, La Colonial, yeah, yeah. You were a waiter over there, and I know uh, Donald had done uh, Denzel's movie and done stuff. But I was on a track and how 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 to take something off of this so it doesn't sound arrogant. But I was on about a, a 
I was on a track of doing about four films a year. Mm. And in my brain, it was that if you ever, I, I said yes to everything. So I did plenty of stinkers, but I just always felt like that more film begat more film. So I was just always around the world doing whatever you offered me. And I wasn't going to come off the film train. And so then they sent me Scrubs. And there was a, as Billy told you, uh, there was a John McGinley uh, part. Uh, in in parentheses, it said a John McGinley type for Dr. <laughs> Cox. And I'm like, well, just make the offer. <laughs> I'm here. And, hey. And as, you mean as like Zachary, this? <laughs> yeah. So I went in to meet Billy uh, over at uh, Disney. And... That was great. He was, you know, he's one of the great guys on the planet. And then uh, by the time actors do this weird thing when they get a little too comfortable is they they subvert themselves. And I felt like I did that because there were tiers of different hierarchy that you had to go through on this thing. There was the casting people, which I got to skip. There was Billy. Then you had to audition at Disney. Then you had to audition at NBC. And so I tanked the one at uh, Disney. And I don't know why. I, I, I was either lazy or presumptuous, or but I sucked. Did and you know I when told, you, Johnny, did you, did you feel that in the room? Or I always you, know. Yeah. And so I, told, I said, Billy, just let me go to the next level and I'll blow the back of the room out. Uh, just, just don't, don't. I just fouled a few off at, at, uh, at Disney. And when I went to NBC, as you guys uh, have, have, have sorted it out with uh, Billy and Sarah, there's a room not much bigger than the one I'm sitting in, maybe 16 by 20. And it's the casting guy's room. And there's people on the ventilator, on the, on the vents. There's people yeah. everywhere. Sitting on the, the sitting, sitting on the ground. They're all over. It's, it's, it's like a bad Thanksgiving uh, talent show production with your aunts and uncles. <laughs> and so I didn't recognize, there were four or five, five other Dr. Coxes there. I didn't, rec I didn't recognize any of them. Um, and I was just like, it didn't really matter because I already did. Uh, just for actors, you can get good at auditioning. And I got really good at it because I used the rehearsal space as a spot to get this four minute compressed little impression you make uh, discipline down. I got really good at it. The fact that I tanked at Disney didn't matter. I was doing some other bullshit. But when I went into uh, that room, I was just gonna fucking kill it. And I did. And when I shut the door, and at the time I had this Jersey muscle car, I had a Mustang 5.0 black convertible. And I started driving home on the uh, 101 and I was like, I put Bruce on and it was blaring and I'm like, I definitely got that. And if I didn't, the show sucks. <laughs> Bill told you your Bill's story where he said, Johnny, how do you feel? And you said like cash money or something like that. I said it was money. Oh, money. Yeah. I said money. He said, do you want to do it again? And I'm like, for no. what? I hate when directors say, do you want to do it again? Because if you got it, you got it. Because yeah, I all that. I do, when I do things again, when you ask me, I'm going to start changing things. And I hate rewriting. If everybody thinks I like to rewrite shit, I don't like to rewrite anything. I like it on the page. I like to crush it and I like to leave. And then if you ask me to keep doing it again and again, I'm going to get bored because I know you have it in the can and I'm going to start changing things. Yeah. And what I did with Dr. Cox over the years is I changed his syncopation. I turned into this kind of Martin Scorsese on LSD thing where I did these long pauses. <laughs> And because I was getting bored, and yeah, so like Bill walking, would like you, he, sometimes he'd walking out and do some like we, like crazy pause. 
I was, I, and I would stretch these words, and I Ra-ha. just wanted. Well, people love that when you go. He he he. I was bored. I wanted <laughs> fucking some more. I wanted more challenges. And so that's the actor's brains. If it's really firing like our brains were in that thing, remember. People don't understand. We were there 16 hours a day, five days a week. We spent much more time with each other than we did any semblance of family because there's a finite amount of hours in a week. And for nine years, pretty much, we were together for 14 to, by the end of the week, 16 hours. And in an abandoned hospital. In an abandoned hospital. In an abandoned hospital. And it's almost like Donald will understand when you're practicing free throws, if you do nothing but practice free throws, you will get good at it. You yeah. just will. Yeah. And by virtue of be just scrub saturation, people got really good at their jobs. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah I agree. That was the other thing. I remember times where we'd, you'd have like long, long monologues. There were times where you didn't get it in one take, but then there were times where you would get it in one take. And I remember directors being like, should we go again? And you being like, we got it. Let's go. And yeah. you'd be like, we only got one take, John. And you be like, I don't give a shit. Let's go. There's so many. Donald, let's go through some of our favorite Johnny-isms. Uh, one okay. that just came to my mind was, moving on. That's Here's when five he, good ones for yeah, you. There's five good ones for you was when he would shake your hand. How are you? Better now. Yeah. Better now. <laughs> and then he'd go... Um, when we were done with a John Michelle was the name of one of our editors, and when when uh, when we were done with the scene, he'd go, "I think we gave Jean Michel some ammo." Yeah. <laughs> 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 cut to cut to a couple of days later, I'm down in the editing suite, just micromanaging everything John Michel was doing. I know well, you were always we, that's where that was you your were go-to. Always there. That was like your that, that was, was your, your that was your escape from hanging out on the third floor from, from, from the dogs. Room, <laughs> from the dogs, you just run down to editing and be like, "Show me what you got." But I also had a post-production company in New York for when I, when I lived in New York, uh, up in the Brill Building for 15 years. And so I, post is a very comfortable place for me. Right on. Yeah. And you like that stuff. Some, yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, and, and I just remember you being – Donald and I were always trying to sneak in there as well. And you'd be like – I remember I have great memories of you being like, come in here. You got to see this. You got to see, see this. this. <laughs> <laughs> People have to understand it was a very uh, insular – uh, place there was no place to go. It was Scrubs University in this five-story abandoned hospital, and you had to be there. You couldn't really go off campus. You'd get in trouble because invariably we'd skip a scene and we'd say, you know, "Where, where's John?" And he said, well, he he went down to do something. He said, "You he can't go down to do anything." Yeah, it's interesting you have to when be you're on here. A, when you're on a back lot, you can saunter around and you can talk to other shows and you can talk to people that have nothing to do with your show. But there was something I think uh, great that happened uh, on our on our show in that we were so insular, like Johnny said, in that hospital, that it made us extra close because we never went anywhere. It wasn't like we, we just all were always together. And I think yeah. that also, made us close. Something yeah. Billy didn't share, which I, I've brought to different films and TV shows I've produced since, is Billy introduced the first or second day of shooting in the cafeteria, which is the largest space that a 120-person crew could all congregate. He got everybody together and he told them that he was going to put a no asshole policy in place. And everybody laughed and, you know, sounded kind of stupid. And Billy's the least confrontational person on the planet. And what he meant was that if you come to work, you got to bring at least a modicum of respect with you. Otherwise, uh, don't come. 
And everybody knows just all the way back to the schoolyard how to be nice to each other and how to be respectful. And a couple of people subsequently got fired for the no asshole policy. It didn't mean you had to come to work and walk on pins and needles, but you had to come to work and be respectful. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was great. And I do it on my sets now, too. And if people don't like it, they can get the fuck out. Yeah, yeah you, that that's that's real talk. Uh, you know, since Scrubs, I've been a part of a uh, cast where, you know, everybody's been chill and lovely and everything like that. But there's there's that one time where you have that one person where you're like, oh, my God, I wish I was still on Scrubs right now so I could freaking sit in the background and watch you get fired for being such a fucking asshole right now. You know what I mean? It's not uh, that complicated. It really isn't. It's really easy to be a good person. We were really you lucky, I, mean? I think, though. I mean, there's so many casts that when you hear about a show that, you know, there's there's a finite number of shows that go this long, and we genuinely all really liked each other. I mean, I always say that when I do press or someone asks me about the show and, you know, what was the secret to the, the magic. And one of them is that we genuinely all liked each other. We genuinely all rooted for each other. When we would see each other at the bar after after we rapped, we were like just as excited to 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 see you know Johnny walk in the door. We um and that didn't wear off. I mean we uh, we 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 genuinely all loved each other's company for for nine years. Yeah, you know that's you know that's that's a that's actually very true. We partied so hard. After 16 hours of hanging out with each other a right. day, we, we, were we would still be like, yo, Fox and the Hound still has about two more hours until it closes. And we'd all congregate at Fox and the Hound after spending the whole day and some of the night together, man. Like right. we, I would, I would go back to my hospital room and go to sleep for the night because I couldn't drive out to Malibu. Yeah. And so after, after having a couple of beers, I went back to the hospital and went to sleep. Wow, yeah. and then just and, woke up the next And Johnny, tell him about how sometimes you'd come in to beat traffic at like four in the morning. I would. I, I had this thing where I, I can't be late. It's I, I just can't. I just it's, I, I can't organize being late. And so uh, my window was I could leave at a normal time if I had a call time at six or at 10. But if my call time was anywhere between six and 10, I would take a six o'clock call time and just drive in at five go to sleep for a couple hours, memorize all that shit that Billy was writing, and then be fresh and ready to go. And plus there was a shower. There was a communal shower at the end of our hallway. And I used that thing all the time. <laughs> um, I've never, I've, I, I think I- You used never it, showered there, Donald? I think maybe once or twice. Oh God, I was in there every day. Was it a, was it a good shower? Was it a- It was hot water, I didn't care. That's what's up. All right, we're going to go to a break, um, and uh, we'll be right back. Can I rant for a second? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some random hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized that people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. That's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC terms apply. Kind is calling all flavor chasers. 
Hey, it's Zach here, and Kind has six new flavors for whatever you crave. Is it something sweet? Try the new Seeds Fruit and Nuts Bars with flavors like dark chocolate, raspberry, and pumpkin seed. They're made with sweet raspberries and cranberries. And the number one ingredient, seeds. And for something savory, Kind has you covered. Try their roasted nuts and jalapeno bars. Or grab the rosemary nuts and sea salt bars. Savory snacking has never been this delicious. I know your mouth is watering. I personally love the raspberry. Mmm, mmm, Donald. Let me tell you, I could eat 10 of those a day. Oh, really? Rosemary's mine. All six new bars are gluten-free and have at least five grams of protein. Kind always leads with nutrient-dense ingredients like nuts. Explore all the new flavors waiting for you, like strawberry sunflower seed, orange cranberry pumpkin seed, and paprika nuts and mesquite smoked sea salt. This is the bar for people who love real food. Try all the new flavors of Kind Seeds, Fruit and Nuts Bars, and Kind Savory Bars. Shop on KindSnacks.com today. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. And we're back. And we're back. <laughs> we are back. Donald, um, whenever We're he here does with these, John C. McGinley. whenever Donald does these ins and outs of a commercial, he turns into Oprah. We're back. I, know, I, I heard him do that with Sarah, and I was I was listening to it on the deck, and I was dying. I could have given you, I could have totally given you a, a Oprah introduction, John C. McGinley. <laughs> I was I was thinking about the uh, one hundred and seven, which is interesting that. We would be doing 107, which when I looked in my composition book, it was actually 106 and it got it got shifted because of 9-11. Yes. And but but before we get into the 9-11 of it all, which has a profound impact on this episode, I when I was looking through my composition book down in the rehearsal space last night when I was looking forward to talking to you guys, I noticed that I always in the first if you're lucky enough to have to write a lot of different um, composition books like we were on Scrubs, I always put a mission statement on the first page of what um, I, John, not I, Dr. Cox, want to do with this thing. And I saw that the mission statement on on Scrubs um, was to find a place underneath the text for with every episode where you can say I love you to Max. 
And I, I, I took that seriously because my son Max uh, had been born a year or two earlier when we started in 2001. Um, and Max was born with uh, challenges. Max was born with Down syndrome. He's doing great now. But I decided that Cox underneath it all so that it would never became too, too drippy. Just underneath it, every episode, there had to be one spot where I got to say, I, John, not Dr. Cox, got to say I love you to Max. And in this episode, it's it's right where when I'm talking to Judy and I say just because a, a guy has problems, it doesn't mean he doesn't need. And then there's this long pause. And it's because I kept getting an apple in my throat. And then he says, you. And I, I, I was I reminded me that I, I took the thing so goddamn seriously, this mission statement that I wrote to Max. And it informs everything that Cox does. Because I was, I think Zachy knows this, I always consider the camera an x-ray uh, machine, that it can see through all the actors' bullshit. Mm. And we all try to bring a walk and a lisp or some eccentricity. And in, unless that's distilled down to a real pure instinct, the camera's just like, bullshit, mm. that's bullshit. Mm -hmm. And you can see it, it's night and day. And so that when an actor actually brings a mission statement that, that demands that he finds a place somewhere in the text, underneath it, not just underneath the text, uh, to say I love you to a kid who was just born with challenges, that pops. Mm -hmm. That, the camera goes, oh, that's his truth. Right. That He's telling the truth. And that's what pops. I love that you said that, Johnny, because I think one of the magical things that you did with Dr. Cox was find a guy who's so tough and find a way in every episode to show that his that he was doing everything he can to protect everyone protect his heart and from people seeing the amount of love he actually had he had this 100%. super super tough cement exterior because he was alpha and he was a badass doctor and he didn't want people to know but then you would just it was like it was leaking out of him. You you couldn't help it, and you would see these little moments where it's like this guy has the biggest heart. He's just keeping it all under wraps. That's perfect for this episode that we're talking about right now. Uh, One oh seven. Carla is the only person in the hospital who's known you long enough at this point to be able to see through that bullshit. Okay, you're being tough on all of these people, but you care. You're you're in it just like you know what I mean. You're not scared, but you care. And I think that's what started you, what started Cox, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, to have feelings for her. Like, okay, well, if everybody's afraid of me and there's this one person in the hospital who's willing to stand up to me, not even stand up, but to call me on my bullshit, there's a, there's a special place in my heart for that. And I honestly thought that Carla was going to choose, you know, when we were making the show, I thought she was going to choose Cox over Turk. I was kind of hoping at that when I was younger that she would choose Cox over Turk so that I'd have more love interests on the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I can't wait to talk about that with Judy when she comes on the show. You know, the writers, the writers, as Donald was suggesting, out of that writer's room came different nuanced flirtations between Cox and Carla. I never yeah. noticed and that this one is obviously really prevalent. I, and I hadn't, I haven't seen this in 20 years, but I was like, there's a vibe between those two. Oh, going it on lasts right for now. the next like five, six episodes. And then, Absolutely. Yeah. It's, and then, and it's then just, uh, Cox and Turk have it out. And then 
Cox. Do you realizes- remember thinking, Donald? Do you remember thinking like because we didn't know what the fuck the writers were going to do? Do you remember thinking like, oh shit, is Judy is are they going to write her to go off with him? Yeah, I remember thinking that because they had history. That's the one thing that the two of them out of everyone in the show and also uh, Ken's character uh, Kelso, the three of them all have history. But Cox and and Carla have history. Like I imagine Carla. Cox was a very young doctor when Carla came in. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? She had been there. Carla, uh, Carla had been there for a while, and so they knew each other. That's they may how have I hooked up. Imagined. They may have hooked up. That's what I thought. I thought there was that one time. When I was watching today, I was like, these two fucked. It looks like these two characters have history. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. and like that, 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 that we're going to take it to our grave and never speak about this history. Right. <laughs> And I, I un, like Donald and like you, Zachy, I unabashedly love Judy. Yeah. And so yeah. that was an easy thing to, to groove into. You guys had great chemistry. And I, and I, and I was really noticing that, uh, again, we're watching all these with fresh eyes after so many years. And I was mm-hmm. my, watching this one. I was really, I don't know, I just w- was reminded how good those scenes are when it was you two. You guys had amazing chemistry together. Absolutely. I, I don't think there's any acting going on. Like I say, the camera is an x-ray machine. Yeah, it is. And it can see through bullshit. And it could see that I I love Judy Reyes, unabashedly. Absolutely. And I always have. Yeah. Well, let's get into the elephant in the room, because I was actually really nervous to watch this episode. It's the first one that I was like, I had a pit in my stomach. Because as Johnny touched on, this was the episode we were shooting when 9-11 occurred. Mm. Um, 9-11 happened on a Tuesday. Well, we had shot uh, uh, Monday, and then yep. 9-11 occurred, and uh, we, we should all tell uh, our stories of that day, I think. I remember I woke up to Howard Stern, you know when you're half awake and, I, and you're listening, and Howard Stern was talking about it, and it got to a point where I went, wait, what? And I right. leapt up out of bed, and I went and turned on the TV, and I remember thinking, <laughs> as we all did, holy shit, this is what the fuck's happening in the world, but also, as a young actor who just got on a job, I was like, "What are we supposed to do here? Do we do we go to work today? Like how?" And I remember I still was like, I, "I think I'm supposed to still go to work." So I, I went in, and I remember Sean Hayes, who was our, our guest star, was there, and and he and I sat in my dressing room and watched it happen, and and shortly that thereafter, the the day was was canceled. Uh, do you guys want to, want to tell what, what, what your memory of that? Yeah, that day? Uh, I remember getting a phone call, and it was like 5 o'clock in the morning. I remember picking up the phone and recognizing the number and cursing the person out on the other. What the fuck is your problem? I'm wor- I got work in a couple of hours. How, why are you calling me this early? You know what I mean? And she said, and, and she, over the Phone goes, I'm sorry, shit, sorry. I just wanted to tell you that a plane crashed into the World Trade Center. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm sorry. Whoa, what, what, wait, what, what? And I ran to the television and I turned it on. And like everybody else in America, I was stuck uh, watching television for, and then Randall finally called and was like, we're not coming into work, you know, but today, the day is canceled. You don't have to come in. But I remember just sitting in front of the television, very much like I am right now. You know what I mean? I feel like I wake up every morning, and my and, and, and the minute I wake up, I turn on the news to check to see how many people have uh, COVID-19, how many people we lost because of COVID-19, and what the plan is 
to figure out how we're going to get rid of COVID-19. You know what I mean? And mm. I, I, you know, very, for the next week, I remember that was all that I did was I just watched the news to see what the heck is America going to do next. How about you, Johnny? Were you called in that day? Yeah, I went back and looked it up last night. So the North Tower got hit at 5.45 a.m. Mm-hmm. And I would have left about 10 minutes uh, after that to get there. And so I saw the first... Well, they didn't really show the first, but it looked like a plane went into the first building. And then I had to go. And so the South Tower got hit about 22 minutes later at 6.03, our time, 9.03, New York time. And so I would have been listening to it on the news. But all of this, to me, um, there's something called a mental model, and it's how you perceive things. In my mental model, it was it was like the plane that hit the Empire State Building before we were born. There was a, a prop plane that went into the Empire State Building and nothing really happened. Not nothing. I'm sure some people died and it was horrible, but um, it, it just sounded like that. And so that's how I was driving into uh, into Burbank. And uh, when I got there, that clearly wasn't the case. And then my brother worked on the 62nd floor of the South Tower. And so. Uh, I kept trying to call him. And so and pretty early on, it became clear that nobody was going to get through on any lines, on cell lines or landlines, because those everything disconnected on those towers. And so I couldn't get through to my brother. And this is when an actor's imagination is a curse, not a blessing. You only imagine horrible things. And it turns out uh, in those 18, 20 minutes, those intervening times between the North Tower getting hit and the South Tower getting hit, Uh, On Mark's trading desk, they all had been there when the shake from Newark, New Jersey, had set off that bomb in the van in the basement 10 years earlier. So everyone on Mark's trading desk got up when the first um, building got hit and they started to make their way down the stairs. But it was such a clusterfuck going down the stairs in those 18 minutes from the 62nd floor down. They only made it about 20 stories. Um, everybody from like 72 up died. And so um, Mark got a concussion going down the stairs. I don't know how. He got really disoriented. And by the time he got out of the building, he wandered up the FDR drive to uh, East Harlem. Um, and so he was missing for about 12 hours. Oh, and so he made it he all was the way to Harlem. Nothing, he was he just made it all the way to Harlem? Yes. Holy cow. Was he just in shock, Johnny, and he walked yes. that far? Yeah. Yes. Wow. And so I sat in the hospital for all that time. And then I tried his wife who lived out in Short Hills, New Jersey at the time. She only had an outgoing message on her uh, machine saying, uh, Mark, I know you're OK. Uh, I've gone over to the Smith's house and we're waiting for your call there. Well, no calls came for about 12 hours. And so I sat in that dressing room uh, thinking horrible things. And then obviously the buildings came down shortly after that. And uh, what, almost 4,000 Americans died. Uh, and so that was a, that's the backdrop for us shooting this episode. Yeah. Mm. It's kind of miraculous that the episode even makes any sense that because of what uh, some, of, some people were carrying into the frame. I agree. Uh, I think it's a weird episode. And I, I, don't do know if I'm bring, I don't know if I'm bringing my own anxiety of, 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 of the time to it as I watch it now, but I'm also going, we were all not present for these however many days. 100%. Right, absolutely. 
And I Absolutely. felt like, especially when you look at the first episode chunk that we've just watched, which are like, holy shit, look at this show. Look at their firing on all cylinders. This is the first one where I go, oh, we all, and understandably, obviously, we all look a little spaced out to me. Uh, that's when I watched it last night. I, uh, I mean, there's obviously a lot of funny stuff in it that, that I wrote down that made me laugh. But, it, and again, like you, Zachy, I can't tell if it's me imposing. Yeah. Um, my John McGinley onto what Billy Lawrence created for those 21 minutes. But it, 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 you just said disconnected. It, it seemed a little disconnected to me. This one does. Yes, absolutely. But how could it not be? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If McGinley's brother, if McGinley's brother just got out of the, the, what was it? The South tower and was missing for a day. Right. What are you, you, Superman? Of course you're going to carry that in front of the lens. Now, do you guys remember we took that Tuesday off? Did we work the next day or take that day off as well? No, I feel I like— I think we, we took feel, Wednesday off and we yeah, worked Thursday. Like, yeah. Now, I, I do like, remember this. I remember the very first thing we came back, believe it or not, was that fucking dog show fantasy. So I remember feeling horribly guilty that we should—A, should we even be working? But yeah. I'm under a contract and mm. I'm an actor and I'm not going to ruffle anybody's feathers— but it should be we be working, but then like, yes, everyone's back to work. Here we go. And I was like, okay, what are we shooting? I can do this. Uh, we're going to do a fantasy where you're a dog at a dog show, and Johnny C is going to feel your balls. <laughs> and I, that was like the first thing up, Johnny. Do you remember that? It was the first thing up. It must have been Thursday morning. Was me I on do all remember fours. It. Now and that you, I watch it, I remember it. Oh my god! I just remember that. And was I, the first I wrote thing. down. I wrote down that during the dog show flashback, I had decided to make you both really uncomfortable, and I think it was because I was really uncomfortable. So, I, I love actors, and I would never do anything to ever, ever hurt an actor, especially when it comes to physical contact. And I think I was dis. I was not appropriately gentle with you guys. I, I like took your ear, Zachy, and you can see. And I took your fucking mouth, and I opened yeah. it up, and I talked. I took Sean's ear. And I was I was uncharacteristically for me as an actor, not Cox, but I I love actors so much I would never ever do anything to to hurt them, and I I would think I was I was not appropriate with you two guys in that I was very rough. <laughs> I, I remember being manhandled. Um, thank you for pantomiming the testicle part though, because I think that would have been a little too rough on 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 me. You know, I'm sure at some point I put my fist up your rectum. I don't think so. At least not in this episode. That may have been in later. I think you, you did wear me like a hand puppet, but it was in episode four. I think during the dog show thing, I may, I may have engaged you. <laughs> well, I, we were joking with Bill about how the, the crazy sound effects would, would, uh, would, would were slowly phased out. I don't know, maybe because we were all off in this episode, but this episode has so many ridiculous so sound, many effects sound effects. So and, many. And yeah. there's the there's like a Santa sleigh jingle uh, bell noise when you grab my balls. That's like the choice <laughs> that was made. <laughs> Somewhere in the in sound effects editing, they were like, um, okay, what's the noise for uh, Johnny grabbing JD's balls, guys? How about a Santa sleigh bell? Jingle bell? Jingle bell? Oh, you know what I you know what I thought was really funny, Zachy, when you and Kenny are up on the roof um, and he goes to he does kind of a fake attacking you up on the roof. Yeah. 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 And whether or not uh, you're just a great actor or if it was really weird, it looked really weird. (laughs) It's a weird scene, by the way. Can I just not? It's a weird scene. I don't understand. He calls you a pansy. He goes, you know what your problem is? Yeah. 
is that you're a pansy. Like, just straight up. It's a weird scene. And I was waiting for something to happen. I remember there was a fantasy where I, where I fell off a roof and there was a stuntman who did a big jump. And I thought, oh, is that this? But it doesn't really go anywhere. And Ken's just up there smoking a pipe. He calls me a pansy and then almost throws me off the roof, like legit. And then, like, that's the scene. <laughs> that's it. And, and a couple scenes before that, at 9.44, when, when he goes, keep shooting you, the, yeah. um, he, he gumps over and gives you a hug, and then Kenny wraps his leg around But I think you. that's a fantasy, Johnny. I, 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 I didn't know what the fuck was happening there either, and then there's a white flash out of it. I think that's JD's fantasy. Why yeah, would but Dr. even in the fantasy, well, why would Kelso- wrapping his leg around you. He mounted it, it me. Made me laugh. Well, I I just want to say I think that's I wrote down that I think that's the only time in nine years that Ken Jenkins ever mounted me. <laughs> it's just... Can we talk? Can we talk about jerking off real quick? Yeah, a big part as a part can of the talk, show or just as, in your own life. Just yeah, we could talk about it both. Let's talk about both. How about okay. that? Okay, okay, good. Okay, I so here's that. here's here's the one thing I get that first of all we have two callbacks to Mash. We have you as a kid playing mash with your brother. Oh, that's right. Right. And this scene, the whole jerk off scene is actually a scene from mash. That's right. Movie, if I'm correct, where they trick somebody to go into the bathroom and jerk off. Yeah. Hot mix takes a shower. When did jerking off become a bad thing that you got to be embarrassed about? Well, no, at, but you're not, you're not supposed to jerk off at work, Donald. Like, write that down. You're, you're oh, really, it's, it's as frowned a, upon. As a, as a surgeon. <laughs> Got it. So wait, hold up. Okay, so just so we're clear. It's yeah, okay guys, to masturbate, but yes. once you do it at work, you've crossed the line. Yes, I think this could God, be a public service announcement. Sure. This could be a public service announcement for people all over the world. Uh, don't masturbate at work. It's crossing the line. The more you know. The, and Dan, you can put in a little more you the know, more uh, sound, you know sound effect there. <laughs> I, I saw something. I saw something when Donald and I get to do the, the scene of, that comes before this. When uh, we're in the cafeteria and I tell you to, to go to go and uh, what's the town I tell you to go to? Like Spank Town or something like, something like that. Oh, I forgot. Uh, but what I. What Palmdale. I, Palmville. Palmdale. 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 And I have a pet peeve with actors um, who wait until they swallow their food to say a line. And if you notice in that thing, I always take the soup to here. It doesn't go in. No, it never does. <laughs> Don't. The, I hate I never actors. eat. I never eat, by the way. Do you have, it's do you, disgusting. No, whenever there's okay. a, you will. If you've ever seen me eating in, a, in, a, in anything I've ever done, it's, it's rare. I always, my character is always done. Because I don't want to deal with all the continuity and eating of course. for three hours. Okay, people are starting to notice that actors aren't eating on television shows or in movies now. Before, Whatever I, go ahead. Before, people didn't necessarily notice. That's something that I think people are starting to notice now. Other than Brad Pitt, no one eats. No one. Whenever I see Good. someone legit eating, like whenever I see someone, I watch a scene and someone's like eating, I'm like, oh my God, they ate like that for probably four hours. Not Correct. Me. My character's always done. Always, but also if it gets in the way of, of the actor saying the line, and we have to wait for those of us in a big family, nobody waits to talk until they swallow. They, there's food in their mouth, they just segregate it over into kind of a chipmunk cheek, and then they just fire out the words. Otherwise, you'll lose the floor at the dinner table. Did you guys have go-to meals that, you know, they were always, there were lots of scenes where we were supposed to have food in front of us. Did you guys have a go-to thing you would ask to be in front of you? Steak. Soup. Always steak. Meat soup because you never have to eat it. Yeah. 
I, I just, I, I'm going to steal that, Johnny. I, I, cause I'm always have a plate of, I would always tell them, can you make it look like I'm done? And like, you know, and, but no, I like because soup. with, Soup's easy. with soup, you can just, the spoon, the, the prop of the spoon is it's indefatigable. It's perfect. It can, you can, and plus you can throw it at somebody. You can, it's the prop <laughs> of the spoon. You use the spoon. I, I, I always went for steak because I could eat steak forever. I could eat steak like nobody's business. So you were eating? You were you were an eater? No, but if I did have like there was that one episode where I did have to eat, uh, and because Turk gets a uh, really bad heartburn, and it's when uh, Heather Locklear was on the show, and John C, myself, and Heather Locklear are at some benefit, and Carla's supposed to meet us there, and she never shows up, and I wind up eating a bunch of steak, and uh, end up in the hospital with really bad heartburn. Uh, so I always went. I always went for steak because I could eat it. It tastes good. It's easy to season. Throw some salt on it. You know what I mean? It, it, it's it's good to go. I thought there were a couple different times in this episode where, despite everything, um, the, the the ensemble worked. And one where you is where you pass the torch to Sean, and Sean just fits right into the style of the piece. Like he just takes the torch. We we pan with you out of frame. We come back. Sean's put the torch down, and you guys just keep doing your yeah. thing. That was and clever. It, uh, that was cleverly directed, and, and I and I want to say it's a rare moment where that's obviously a fantasy, and there was no flash in out of it. I was clocking that because you know Bill always delineated a fantasy with a with a little white flash and that noise, and this is one of those rare times uh, where the torch is is a, is a character, a prop character in the piece, and there's no it's. Both times it comes in, it's just handed off and not uh, really discussed. I mean, so what's also what's also just, interesting just... with Sean is Sean's introduction, which would become a classic Scrubs introduction, especially with beautiful females with wind and yeah. slow mo entrances as they walk down a hall. Sean gets to come in on top of a gurney saving yeah. someone's life, and it's just glorious. Dude, I wrote that it, down, Johnny. I'm glad you brought that up because I wrote that down. I think that might be the best entrance. Other than other than uh, Dick, Dick Van, Van Dyke. Dyke, Dick Van Dyke's entrance is pretty amazing too. But that might be one of the best entrances for a male in Scrubs history. Yeah. Um, all right, Joel, do we need to go a break, or do we take to the, go to these lovely people? All right, we're gonna go uh, take another break, and when we come back. We have questions from some fans that are calling in. And they're going to have an amazing question, I'm sure, probably for the legendary Johnny C. McGinley. I'll give you a hint. Her name's Ashley! Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases. And 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval term. Apply. Kind is calling all flavor chasers. 
Hey, it's Zach here, and Kind has six new flavors for whatever you crave. Is it something sweet? Try the new Seeds Fruit and Nuts Bars with flavors like dark chocolate, raspberry, and pumpkin seed. They're made with sweet raspberries and cranberries. And the number one ingredient, seeds. And for something savory, Kind has you covered. Try their roasted nuts and jalapeno bars. Or grab the rosemary nuts and sea salt bars. Savory snacking has never been this delicious. I know your mouth is watering. I personally love the raspberry. Mmm, mmm, Donald. Let me tell you, I could eat 10 of those a day. Oh, really? Rosemary's mine. All six new bars are gluten-free and have at least five grams of protein. Kind always leads with nutrient-dense ingredients like nuts. Explore all the new flavors waiting for you, like strawberry sunflower seed, orange cranberry pumpkin seed, and paprika nuts and mesquite smoked sea salt. This is the bar for people who love real food. Try all the new flavors of Kind Seeds, Fruit and Nuts Bars, and Kind Savory Bars. Shop on KindSnacks.com today. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. We have a caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Ashley Cooper Horowitz and friend. Do you know how much money? Do you know how much money it cost us to get Oprah to do all these introductions of our guests? It's, it's a fortune. Hi guys. Um why, why did why did Joelle um imply that there was something unique and special about you guys? So I wrote in uh, earlier this week, I was looking if I could figure out a way for you two to do like a birthday shout out. This is my husband, Alexander. Hi, Alexander. Husband Alexander! Oh my God. He is our physician and absolutely loves your show. What's up, man? How's it going? Real deal. Oh, now now Donald changed. Now Donald changed. Donald changed your respectful voice. Let me me show that respect. What is good? (laughs) Uh, not too bad. Doing this right before work. I'm about to head out of here in about an hour. Oh man! Wow, you're the real well, thank deal, you very man. Much. Thank you, you thank hero. you so thank much. You very, very much for for calling in. Uh, who's going to ask the question? He is. Awesome. This is my birthday gift. Oh, happy was birthday! It a... Happy oh. birthday to you! Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday! 
We called it Jamie Foxx called that birthday. <laughs> <laughs> He's a grown man, as you know. He works in a hospital. <laughs> Not like us. We were fake doctors on a TV show. Yes. <laughs> Bringing it home. Oh, yes. <laughs> so wait, did you not know about this? Is this a surprise? Oh, I found out three days I, ago. I kept it a surprise for maybe 45 seconds. And then right. I told him. Dude, oh. You should have kept it a surprise until you guys zoomed in. How right. cool would that have been? But then you never know. He would have been, been like, been who like, are these guys? Who are these yeah, guys? Right? Yeah. Who are these guys? Uh, all right. Go ahead, guys. Go ahead. Sure. So I guess the biggest question is, I guess what it came down to is I watch a lot of the different types of medical shows and I found that throughout my training so far and I've been uh, attending so far that the show of Scrubs actually portrays how hospital life really works, the most accurate of all the medical shows, despite it being primarily a comedy. Was that something that Bill purposefully did? Was that something that the staff tried to incorporate? Because I was, I mean, I listened to the first one and felt like donald really did the uh, round of the hospital <laughs> no i was i was i was you're absolutely right i was so afraid to go into the hospital at that point listen since then i've you know i've developed a a listen if something's wrong or if i feel like something's wrong i'm going right to my primary and we're going to talk about it before that though i was just like every other person you know in the african-american community we have a, a stigma when it comes to doctors we're very afraid of the bad news, and you think I'm joking, but this is the honest to goodness truth. And I've done, very right, I've done, I've done PSA after PSA about talking, you know, talking about you know going and getting your numbers known, go get your cholesterol, get your your BMI, your your blood pressure, your blood I sugar. It. I love that you're trying to list them to an ER doc. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying. Listen, he I'm was like, he's to... like, glue close. You're like, no, no, no. There's four. There's uh... <laughs> anyway. But well, Johnny, to... Johnny, why don't you answer because you're the special guest about about his question. Um, I had spent uh, the first three weeks of my son's life a couple of years earlier in the uh, neonatal intensive care unit, and I carried most of that was that functioned largely as all the homework I ever needed for, for uh, medical. Um, replic trying to, to, to do medical stuff. And uh, Max had different challenges, born with Down syndrome, and he had microscopic holes in his heart. He had also, we had uh, infantile seizures. We had all sorts of different challenges. But if you spend, if you're, the acronym for it is the NICU, if you spend three or four weeks in the NICU, you should get enough of that on you to be able to tell the truth in front of the lens. And so that, that's largely what I was trying to honor when we were doing medicals on scrubs. Okay. I, I think Bill would say relationship stuff. I think Bill also has said, um, you know, we knew we were going to be silly, and we knew we were going to have these crazy fantasies, and we knew in a lot to, in a lot of ways it was going to be a comedy. So he wanted the baseline. He wanted to drop in for all the medicine to be as accurate as possible, and um, and that was know, also something that John uh, Doris wanted too. Uh, J the real JD wanted. He was like, listen, you can. Make fun of all of the things we did that I did in college and stuff like that, but it has to be grounded at the end of the day. Don't make a fool of us. You know what I mean? Make sure that that there's truth behind everything as well. Yeah, I think that, that that's one of the reasons it works. And the the I think the American Medical Association has said, uh, which we always thought was bizarre, but but that they said that this was the most medically accurate of all the medical shows. Um, so we always took that as a badge of honor. And I think Bill was really really 
really proud of that. He, he said, we can be as silly as we want to be, but when we get into the medicine, it's all going to be going to be real. And also, yeah, once you get that, once you get that tag where you got where someone says to you, you guys are the most medically accurate. You don't ever want to fall off that that bandwagon. You want to stay. You want to stay on that. You want to make sure that every story, at least in the fir- at least in the first eight seasons, I don't know about season nine, but in the first eight seasons, we made sure to stick to the to the actual script yeah. to keep it real, as they say. Oh, is that an expression? I, I hear the kids say that nowadays. Okay. <laughs> um, do, do you have another question? Yeah, go ahead. So that'll be the, I guess, the the more, or the more difficult question. The easier one is, what keepsakes did you guys get? So Rowdy didn't get taken with you guys, but what about like the tiki necklaces or anything like that? I'm not a I'm not a souvenir guy, so I don't ever. I should have taken stuff from a lot of different sets, but it's not. I always thought it was bad luck. I, you I never took like. Leak. You don't know any scrubs whatsoever. I don't have any scrubs in my house. I think it's a. I think it's a jinx. What about the sneakers? What about the kicks? Because Nike sent us a bunch of kicks when we were making that show. That's 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 different. different. <laughs> <laughs> Nike sending you swag. Swags are different than props and memorabilia. I'm not a big props and memorabilia guy. Yeah, I don't have any. I have the sl- I have the slates um, from episodes I directed. You know, the the thing we clap in front of the lens. I, you were directing them. Yeah, and then I have the I have the antlers from when we did the pilot when I was a deer in headlights. Donald is showing you his his uh, I have my his scrub sneakers. sneakers. My hundredth episode sneakers. Look how worn and ruined they are. I've rocked these for like a year. Dude. I put I mine so on a shelf and saved them, and they're mint. And Donald's are all fucked up. I'm so proud of these. And look, they and look, I they give them away. That's the best rewraps on the planet for 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 Christmas. You guys, one one thing that's funny about this podcast on the Zoom call is that whenever Donald wants to reference a piece of clothing, he doesn't have to move from his seat. He just reaches out of frame and pulls it in. <laughs> or the prop guy just handing him stuff. Well, no. we are in my closet. No, it's just funny. Like you've done that a few times now. You don't, it's not even like you have to stand. You just reach out of frame and pull out. Well, I'm on my side. I'm in, I'm in like I'm in like I'm on my side. So like all of this is me. This is my wife's stuff. So if I read, I'm never, I was, you know what I was thinking about doing was turning it all around and doing it from a different angle, but I think I just confuse everyone. No, I love this. I, I will forever remember this time of doing this podcast and staring at you. Like, it looks like you're sitting on the ground in your closet. <laughs> kind is calling all flavor chasers. Hey, it's Zach here, and Kind has six new flavors for whatever you crave. Is it something sweet? Try the new seeds, fruit, and nuts bars with flavors like dark chocolate, raspberry, and pumpkin seed. They're made with sweet raspberries and cranberries. And the number one ingredient, seeds. And for something savory, Kind has you covered. Try their roasted nuts and jalapeno bars. Or grab the rosemary nuts and sea salt bars. Savory snacking has never been this delicious. I know your mouth is watering. I personally love the raspberry. Mmm, Donald. Let me tell you, I could eat 10 of those a day. Oh, really? Rosemary's mine. All six new bars are gluten-free and have at least five grams of protein. Kind always leads with nutrient-dense ingredients like nuts. Explore all the new flavors waiting for you, like strawberry sunflower seed, orange cranberry pumpkin seed, and paprika nuts and mesquite smoked sea salt. This is the bar for people who love real food. Try all the new flavors of Kind Seeds, Fruit and Nuts Bars, and Kind Savory Bars. Shop on Amazon today. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of 
a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You know, it's not every day that we have a real live doctor on the show, right? And so this is this is this is a pretty special thing. Uh, if you have any other questions, feel free to ask us. Well, well Donald's we'll you, giving you the rare third question. That's you a very, can have as that's, many that has as never you, been you bestowed. Many... It's because you're a real doctor. It's never been bestowed upon anyone <laughs> in all seven episodes of yeah. Fake Doctors, Real Friends. All right. What was the most emotionally difficult episode that you guys did? Yes. Good question. Johnny, what's up? I thought this one would have to be right up there. Just getting through this one and and, and trying to, to hew to the style of the piece and, and not fall too deep into the 11 of it all. It was, it was impossible. But Johnny, we have to give a nod to one of the best episodes ever where you were just incredibly good in that Brendan Fraser uh, dying episode. Yeah, but that 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 we got to act. That was acting. This was this was real life. Just killed four thousand people, and and it was. I thought it was almost impossible to get through this episode. And when I watched it, and it actually just made sense. Just that it made sense. Yeah, is good. Yeah, not great. It's just good. Yeah, but I was gonna say it still has some really genuinely funny parts, and the emotion that uh, Sean has at the end of the episode and even the and the emotion that you have with Carla at the end of the episode you talked about that earlier in the podcast about how it gave you a lump in your throat and everything like that because you were speaking your truth uh at that moment uh but I was I think all of that hanging on the stuff right right absolutely I, I think stuff like p- potassium and astium and tiktok clarice those, those things caught me off guard last night when I was watching it did I also, you, I'm sorry to be, I'm sorry to be the guy who laughs at a, at a fart joke, but I legit laughed so hard when, when Todd goes, the wording of this line is so funny, sir, I farted long pause. That smell is from the fart that I made. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know he rehearsed that line every which way. But the 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 wording of that, the wording of that, I think that's the funniest thing in the whole episode, to be honest. And I'm sorry to be so so simple that I, lo- I love a fart joke that much, but I just the wording of that that smell pause is from the fart that I made. <laughs> Meanwhile, the surgeon, what's his name, is in there like, what's what's that smell from? What the Dr. hell happened? Did, like, you what the hell happened? Did you did nick you the nick colon? Did you nick the colon? What's going on? <laughs> Who is that actor? That actor did a good job. Charles. It's kind of yeah. a thankless role. Yeah, yeah. He, well, he, he you know, he's been in a lot of movies actually. To uh he was in um he was in Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, he's he's the guy dry and right down the middle. Yeah, he Charles was great, man. He he stuck around for damn near the whole show. You know what's interesting? I didn't realize Johnny Castle was in the show that much. Me neither. He's in like every episode, even He's starting about Doug. From, Doug, yeah, I didn't Doug. know. I, I really don't remember that Doug had this big a role in the show. But Doug's, a, Doug's, Doug's got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for your questions. And, and of course, be safe on the, on the front lines out there, my friend. We totally appreciate you. Thank you, thank so, you much. so much. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. Thank you, guys. And thank you, Ashley, for calling in with uh, your husband on so we could have the honor of having someone. Husband or boyfriend? That's her husband. Oh, okay, good. I thought you might have been proposing for him. and You just got to. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you, get a, if you get a surgeon, man or woman, you, you marry that person. Yeah. <laughs> Lock it down. Lock it down. You're a guy who got a female surgeon. Is it, you marry that. Yeah. He, yeah. Be well. Take care, guys. See you guys. All right. I thought Sarah had a really nice beat when Sarah's being overwhelmed for a moment. We're we're in the closet. She she's so good at turning stuff. She just she's really upset, Mm -hmm. and then she turns it. She puts on that brave face, and it's great. It's this little gem. Mm -hmm. And I have no idea if nine eleven imprinted on her in some way for that, but she just turns it, and it's it. She's so nimble. I, yeah. for, I forgot how, how facile she is emotionally. She, one of my favorite lines in the show is when she goes, I'd let him drool on me. And then the way she looks at uh, Zach after she says it, you, she meant that shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Donald, do you have any memory of the fantasy at 1047, which is that post-apocalyptic, like, no, like you're standing by a fire. I, yeah, I have no I had memory no of doing that at all. I, I remember. I re- after I saw it, I remembered us doing that scene. I have no. But I was like, "Where is this going?" I didn't yeah. even know where it was. Was it the basement? It was the basement. It was the basement. You know what's interesting? I even though this took place during 9/11, there are a lot of moments in the show where I was like, "Wow, well, I don't remember. I don't remember this. I don't. I don't." You know, there's certain, there's certain things that I did remember. I remembered Sean Hayes and the, him getting choked. Mm. I definitely remembered the last scene with uh, with Johnny and uh, and Judy, where he kind of slips and professes his love for her. I remembered all of that because that tracked with my story. But other than that, man, you know, I say this every week. Every watching week. this watching show, this show is, is it's it's so much fun for me because I don't remember. Any of it, it's like I'm watching it with fresh eyes. If you if you weren't in a scene, or let me say this about me, if I wasn't in a scene, I wasn't leaving my dressing room to go watch stuff. Right, but even when the show came on so television, it was all new to me. Right, this is all brand new for me. But also, Johnny, you weren't smoking bong hits, so you probably have <laughs> some. You probably have some of your brain left. 
Okay, so th- Donald was like, I didn't even know the show was about doctors. <laughs> I was very young. I smoked a lot of marijuana when I was a kid. Um, was that is. so? Was that your first? Correct me if I'm wrong. Was that your guy's first scene together? That you yeah. telling him to beat off? Yeah. It's it certainly seems like it in the con. I don't know, but it well, seems we had like so- in the context of the writing. Yeah. Yeah. After that, you and I had so many scenes. You know. All of a sudden, I became Gandhi. I don't even know how that came. Was that an improv from you? Did you make up Gandhi, or was okay? No, that's Billy. Okay, but yeah, at this is this is the beginning of the Cox and Turk. Uh, yeah, your very thing. first encounter, you um, because you, we were the two advice. athletes in the hospital. You know what I mean? And so now it was like, oh, okay. So it was like you know Michael Jordan versus Kobe Bryant. You know what I mean? That's well, what it also, turned into. And- and also, he really didn't, you know, the whole point was he didn't like you fucking with Carla. In the beginning. In the absolutely, beginning, of In the beginning. But yeah. as time goes on, the beef that Cox and Turk have is strictly, it's all, yo, you know, this is, we have this competitive fire, you know what I mean? And it needs to be, and it needs to be, you know, uh, way, we need to fan that bad boy so that, you know, we can live. And so I think Cox and Turk really enjoyed trying to one-up each other. I do too, but I thought it was a little manufactured because, again, if the camera is an X-ray machine and you can see how, and it was a little man, it always felt a little manufactured to me. What do you mean? I didn't believe that I had that big of a problem with you. Okay, I always looked at it as he didn't like that I was with Carla, and because I won and got that one up, he was always trying to get a one up on Turk. That's how I always looked at it. But I guess. I just I mean even in the action. basketball even when we played even when we played basketball and you hurt your back in that episode that we do that even that you know what I mean but hey yeah you know I think also the love that we have for each other I remember my first time being like Johnny please don't intimidate me and you're like shut the fuck up nobody's intimidating you and I was like, you're right you're right you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> you were always so generous though Johnny with us because Absolutely. you know we 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 knew who you were we both loved your work and I think both I think I could speak for both of us when we were like nervous I was nervous to to work with you and I just want to thank you you know for those of you who aren't actors it's it the the, the person who's got more of a resume and is the bigger star the onus is always on them to make everyone else feel comfortable around them. And I thought you always were so generous and never made us feel intimidated at all, unless it was obviously in the scene. But as a person, you never did. I felt like we were going to, that this truly was, even even though Zeki, all respect, was number one on the call sheet, I felt like this thing was the truest form of an ensemble and that was never lost on me. And if that a rising tide, there's that saying, the rising tide floats all boats. And I thought we had to do this together or sink, either either rise or sink together with Billy at the helm. There was no confusion about that. One time, Billy wrote a scene where um, I, I had to kiss his wife, who played my wife, <laughs> or my ex-wife on the show, um, Krista Miller, uh, who's a very dear friend of mine. And so I, I kissed her. And in the middle of kissing her, she stuck her tongue in my mouth. And I was just, I was like, oh, I'm not okay with this. (laughs) And so I go upstairs to the third floor where our dressing rooms are, where Billy's office was. And I I knock on his door and uh, I go, Billy, can I talk to you a second? And he goes, yeah, come on and sit down. I go, "Uh, I gotta, I gotta get something off my chest here. I was just in the scene that you wrote. uh, I was just having a kiss, uh, Krista. And uh, she, she stuck her tongue in my mouth and, 
he he's such a ball buster. He gives it a pause and he goes, "Did you like it?" <laughs> <laughs> this- they did it to get me. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Johnny, this dovetails into something I said. This dovetails with something I said earlier. I think Billy has a little bit of a a little bit of a thing for that. It was horrifying. <laughs> not not being kissed by Chris was horrifying, but the boss's beautiful wife. Be, I, it makes me nervous even telling the story. <laughs> That's so funny. I think I, Billy, I think Billy has a little bit of a special place in his heart for for uh, men he a, likes kissing his wife. I have a question for you guys. When you watch the show now. Do you feel like we foreshadowed so much in every episode? Like we foreshadowed a lot in every episode? Like even when watching this episode, it's pretty clear that Sean Hayes' character, he doesn't have it all together, even though he seems like it. Hey, he has it together. And, it's, and maybe because we watched the whole episode now, but every time Nurse Roberts came in to address him, he always said, no problem, no problem. And I feel like, I feel like that was foreshadowing. Obviously, it was a problem, and this was going to be the issue that broke him. I feel like if you watch Scrubs, what we did very well, we presented the problem to you early on and disguised it and disguised it and or hit it with comedy and other things. But then at the end of the episode, we always hit you with the drama to make you feel it. But if you watched all the way through, we would leave crumbs and hints that this was coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in the, yes, yes to that. And I think in, in, in it, it reminded me, uh, I'm reminded of it uh, in the first flashback where Zaki is with his brother and the, the tag out is, uh, we don't even talk that much. Or he doesn't talk that much to me. And then there's this long, I don't know, we'll make it up 20 your disconnect and when tommy cavanaugh shows up at the hospital all that stuff that zach had that billy had insinuated in in that scene um yields dividends because they have lost contact they they're completely disconnected Mm. and the disconnect is profound when they're person to person so when tommy comes in and zachy and him don't connect on any level even even the john ritter of john uh, zachy's father they don't connect at all and that's all in that first flashback. Yeah. But not just that. Even you missing Jordan the first time we meet Jordan. At the end of it, you're reminiscing about the wedding and all of that stuff. It tracks later on because you guys get back together and you do still love her. Even though in between all of that, you guys are warring and you date someone else. And you know what I mean? Billy's it's- very good at his job. Johnny, did you like this? Are, did you will you come back again onto the podcast? Yeah, it seems it seems impossible to to unload the number of stories. Uh, and this was a particularly hard episode when I was watching it. It was just a hard episode to a, a lot of stuff. Nine eleven came back to me, which oh, I don't yeah. know if a lot of people. It's a heavy handed way of approaching something, but people actors are human beings, and uh, I was I was really impacted by 9-11 in a, in a immediate family way. And to have gotten through this episode um, in retrospect seems impossible to me. And that, it, yeah. that, it's, that it's a coherent, well-told tale that goes for 21 minutes is good. That's good enough. Yeah, yeah. There, I, are, I, there, are, there are levels of, of, of good, better, best, excellent episodes and this one just goes in under the category of executed. We executed yeah. 
There's some I, funny stuff in it, and that's good enough. I totally right. agree. I, 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 this is the first one, you know, I, Donald and I joked when we started doing this, like, you know, there's going to be ones that we don't like. And we're like, oh, that feels, this is the first one that it's not that we don't like it. It's just that it's like, we, we all have this Pavlovian response to watching it going, oh, this just feels wrong and weird. And, and we remember what I was agree. going on. Yeah. And I'm not discounting all the great work that everybody did. I was about to say, I feel like we, everybody did their job so well, though. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, regardless of what we were going through at the time, if you didn't know that that was the 9-11 episode, you're not going to be able to tell. You know what I mean? We, we know I because we I don't lived know. It. I don't know. No. That's probably there are, true. There are so many great jokes, and we just talked yeah, about including all of these that smell. great moments. That smell was the fart that I made. Right. <laughs> but hey, wait, you know keep I mean? her there. Keep her here. Have her do the five, six, seven, eight. Okay, baby, baby, baby. Wilder, come here. Uh, we want to thank Johnny C. McGinley, the legend. And Johnny, um, we really want you to come back because we're just sitting around doing this, man. We got nothing to do. We're sitting around watching episodes and, and laughing. Here. Yeah, please come, come back. The answer is a thousand times yes. And now Donald has a very special visitor who's going to count us into the theme song. Hey, Donald. Wilder. Wilder. My daughter Wilder's here. Say a five, six, seven, eight. Okay, she said no. A five, six, seven, eight. Stories about a show we made. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, it's simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. You can learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Did you know that 46% of us don't take all our vacation days? Even though it's been proven that taking time off to play makes us more productive. In California, no matter where you go, you'll find play. Explore a redwood forest, immerse yourself in art galleries, or just park yourself in a beach chair and chill. Play is everywhere in California, so take some well-deserved playtime off and discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Hey, it's Donald, and Kind Snacks has six new flavors for you to crave. Flavors like rosemary, strawberry, jalapeno, and raspberry. Each of the six flavors is made with number one ingredient seeds or nuts and has fruity or savory flavors depending on what you're craving. They're gluten-free with five to six grams of protein in every bar. Nutritious snacking doesn't have to be all blah and boring. The bar for people who love real food. Try all the flavors. Shop on Amazon today. Hey guys, I've been telling you about how we are big fans of Tacova's boots. Heritage, tradition, quality, comfort, style, and service are some of the best features of Tacova's. But now they also have a gift for our listeners. Tacova's will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps free with a minimum purchase of $100 at tacovas.com. Just use code REALFRIENDS at checkout. That's R-E-A-L-F-R-I-E-N-D-S. That's T-E-C-O. V-A-S dot com and point your toes west.